here to the top of another week, and wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC, especially if you are one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. Maybe you're uh, doing housework. Maybe on this long weekend, you're out in the backyard enjoying some DLC with your uh, with your barbecue. We're going to be in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes with gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free thanks to our sponsor this week, Linode. Linode's bringing the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who joins me in thanking all of our service men and women, past and present, on this Memorial Day for their service, Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian! Hello, Jeff. Yes, I would thank them on Veterans Day, and today I thank the families and loved ones and friends of those who have uh, lost people defending freedom across the country on Indeed. Memorial Day. So you're correcting me? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I felt totally. like maybe it was it was totally. nice to to uh, to thank everyone. Sure, but that's not what the holiday is for. I was doing it subtly, and you brought it up, and we'll make it an issue. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I uh, I'm very excited for the show. Uh, we got lots to talk about. There's there's great games. You know, most most people have the day off. Not us. We're talking games. We're talking games, and we got a great guest to do it with. You know, the DLC is always your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week we're excited because DLC stands for doesn't linger in the countryside because he's an indoor kid. From the Indoor Kids podcast, and uh, currently a manager at Nerd Melt, we are pleased to welcome Matthew Burnside to the show. Hey, Matthew. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, giving us some of your, your day off this morning. We appreciate you hanging out with us on a, a long holiday weekend here in the States. Yeah, I moved my serial time forward by about an hour. Oh, big deal. That's yeah, what, big deal what is here. your serial of choice? Uh, well, I leave that to my girlfriend to purchase. Uh, she's the big cereal fanatic in our oh. house. Uh, but, uh, today was cinnamon frosted flakes oh, an excellent goodness. start to the day. My goodness. I, the <laughs> variety I'm, I'm a, uh, honey bunches of oats, man. I will. There's no variety. Classic. It's hun- honey bunches of oats today, tomorrow, yesterday, every day. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. It's a great <laughs> right, well, cereal. Let's, <laughs> let's get into the show. Uh, we got we got so many big things to talk about. E3 right around the corner. Stuff's coming out. Reveals are happening. We got games to talk about. There's no summer lull here. Everything is rocking. So let's start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration using our hashtag on Twitter. That's DLCSOTW. Or by visiting our subreddit, which you can find at 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Cool folks there. Cool community of people talking, hanging out. Check it out. Uh, Matthew, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Well, I'm selfish, so I'll pick the one that I've got the most experience with. Uh, I started playing Friday the 13th uh, just last night. I was a really, really, really early adopter, like hour one of it going live. I was all over it. Um, And 
I'm I'm enjoying the game, but I can understand why uh, a lot of people are upset because of the server load issues. Uh, a lot of long load times, uh, and then you kind of got the problem of levers coming on top of that, which can often. I've I know I had three games in a row last night where the host left right at the mm-hmm. beginning of the match starting. So it actually led to like a 40 minute gap of me being able to play any, <laughs> which is certainly frustrating. Well, let's dive into uh, your being an early adopter. First of all, is that because yeah. you love the IP? You love the franchise? Were you like all excited for a Friday the 13th video game? Uh, you know, it's a combination. I, I was always a fan of Friday the 13th, especially the later in the series or in the franchise, which might be strange, but I love it when you send him into space. Oh, so good. It's so good. Man, when he freezes somebody's face in liquid nitrogen and then shatters it against the wall, like, come on, it's just... I have to admit, I don't think I've seen that one. Honestly, I I know, it's sad, but I don't think I saw that one. I'd argue it's the best, which is, I I know it's blasphemy, but it's like, it only works because there's been 14 others or whatever, but man, it works. The simulation room, yeah, so much about that one I love. But uh, but I also love like asymmetrical multiplayers, and there's not a lot of them. But like Evolve, I think is an incredibly great game. Maybe not rolled out the best and not supported the best, uh, but but when the game is functioning at its best, it's incredible and hard to beat. And so the appeal of both of those things together just sounded awesome to me. So I was right there, and the fact that they got so many people from the original art team and everything involved yeah. with the franchise that I, I've, I figured oh, this probably isn't going to be too big of a gamble. And right. overall, I think it's good. Uh, I just think it's kind of come out. It, it feels less like a release as much as it does like a steam green light mm. at the moment, yeah. which isn't a huge complaint, but it is a bit of a bummer, but I'm still, I'm enjoying it. Have you guys played it? Uh, I have not had a chance. To. I've been out of town all week. Um, very excited to to give it a shot. And we'll talk more about it in in the playlist section. But I, I do want to kind of talk about this this rollout that you brought up. And you know, a lot of multiplayer games have issues uh, when they're when they're released. I think a lot of the backer complaints have stemmed from early review copies going out to people who weren't backers to YouTube influencers and press. And some of the people who felt like yourself that jumped in early and and um, contributed dollars to the making of the game and were told that they would be the first people to play it got upset that there were these you know press outlets and YouTube streamers that got access to the game before they did. Um, is that something that upset you as an early adopter or early backer? No, it doesn't really bother me. Um, for one – we had access to betas uh, before. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not like we didn't get to touch the game at all before release. Um, right. And they they need to sell it and they need to keep selling it uh, in order to, to keep scaling up their servers. Um, and that, that's just a part of multiplayers. So um, them needing to do that out of a business necessity, I think is totally fine. Um, I I kind of I more understand where people are coming from. We're like streaming it before I could actually log on is a little bit weird, but it's also kind of strange because it's like how many people were I, I wasn't paying close attention at the time 
but like how many people were matching up like how what kind of wait times were they suffering right if they had it before everybody else like that to me that's 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 a weird issue that i have with their strategy but i'm not concerned about that kind of stuff games need to sell at the end of the day um and in order for them to be able to support the community that they need to nurture um so i it's not like they got it like a month early or something. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in that boat too. I think it's much ado about very little. But Christian, I I know that you wanted to talk about this this concept as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting thought exercise from a broader context of you know when things are kickstarted and then other people getting access or whatever. But I think what was interesting here was kind of how gun media handled it when the backers became upset and i also think how they handled it when it rolled out it wasn't at least as far as i know something that was telegraphed early to backers like hey update um the game comes out friday we're really excited about it we're going to be doing a huge press press push on wednesday and thursday you know whatever 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 instead what i saw was this you know, we're the number one streaming game on Twitch. You got to check this out. Oh, my God. Everybody's playing and loving Friday the 13th. Get in here. Watch these streams. And then here you are having back to the game being like, son of a what? It, it, it felt very like as someone who has two young daughters where like I give my four year old a little more ice cream instead of just eating the ice cream quietly. She spends 20 minutes showing the younger daughter that she has more ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just okay. Eat your ice cream. (laughs) And like, and I get streamers, you know, advertising that they're playing it to get it out. But like from an official channel sitting here saying, you know, everybody's having fun, but you. Right, right. And then uh, Wes Keltner replied on the forums and his reply, I think, was great because it was very honest. But then I think also a little dismissive. And it's just he said, uh, you know, press always gets. Co- I'm paraphrasing. Um, press always gets copies of games early. Streamers and influencers are the new air quote press. And you know, guess what? Uh, where is it? The content creators on YouTube and streamers on Twitch garner audiences that rival press outlets so much that even every major press outlet streams games on launch day. It's not a coincidence. The press is playing catch up and trying to compete. Content creators and streamers create direct avenue to new audiences. New audiences lead to potential sales, and new sales mean both full servers and revenue to keep the servers going and new content. I know it might be hard to see, but it's the truth. And then later he says, like, uh, all I can do is offer this explanation and my apologies. If you want to yell at me or call me a dick or shady, et cetera, et cetera, that's fine. I'm here listening. And so, like, there's a whole bunch of truth in that that I love. But then it also just felt like, look, man, streamers are what matter now. Uh, suck it. Which also felt a little harsh. And so I'm not sure what the balance is. I mean, Jeff, you have, I think, much more tact than I do often. Like, what what is the balance, either for this game or globally, where, you know, you depend on the burn sides or uber fans of things to make a thing, and then you shepherd it off to other people to sell it to the normies of the world? Like, how do you how do you walk that line? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is ultimately a, a relatively minor blip and it kind of rubs people the wrong way, but I don't think it's a huge deal. I, I just looked up the Kickstarter. They had 12,218 backers, right? That's a relatively small number of people. And it feels like among the streamers, they probably could have hooked those folks up as well. Uh, he talks about how uh, their backers really wanted to preload the game on Steam, and it was a very difficult proposition, but they got it done because their backers wanted to do it. So 
proof that, you know, they're looking out for their backers. I think, yeah, ultimately it's PR. Ultimately it's like, yeah, it feels a little bad when, when you asked me to pay money without knowing if the game was going to be good. And I'm not the one that you care most about, it seems. So I, I think there are ways to have done this a little bit better and a little bit, um, a little bit more sensitive to those to those folks, but I also feel like it. I can totally understand not even thinking about it and going, "Oh, we got to get press for our game that's coming out," because those twelve thousand people that supported it, while essential to the game's pro- progress, don't constitute a successful game. <laughs> so we need to make sure this game gets press and gets you know gets people talking. And and the way to do that in the modern era is this. So it. it I understand it being a sort of blind spot to them and just going, oh, this is what you do to promote a game nowadays. We're going to do that and not think that it would, you know, rub people the wrong way. Yeah, it's interesting. I think we're going to see more and more of it. And I think people will, you know, learn to better navigate that from a PR perspective of of how to present a game and satisfy the people that helped you make it while also then, yeah, they need to sell it to way more than 12,000 people, right? Or otherwise the server load wait times are going to be much longer than 40 minutes or, you know, whatever it is when you're trying to get in a game. It's uh, it's tough. So Christian, what is your story of the week? Uh, well, I think we'll talk about another Christian was right later. It's a quickie. I don't need to necessarily mention it. Uh, I think the, the, <laughs> the, the biggest story, um, and especially the way it was confirmed is the switch train. I mean, that switch train, that switch is, is an avalanche, right? It was a little snowball that built and built, launched with Zelda, rolling down a hill, demolishing everything along its way. And then we get the Japanese Monster Hunter XX announcement trailer it's coming out super soon uh this summer in japan they haven't announced a north american translation or or port date but you'd imagine that would come at e3 time i think it's called monster hunt monster hunter double cross okay that probably makes better sense than xx (laughs) yeah you don't Uh, want to get a third x in there everything gets really weird once that happens uh are you are you correcting me jeff (laughs) yeah yeah and and thanks to all of our servicemen and women for making me aware that it's called double cross (laughs) (laughs) um yes thank you monster hunter double cross it was a 3ds title um but what i think is incredible from this release that one it's coming to switch and so soon and two it's going to have cross save and cross play functionality between the 3ds and the switch i mean monster hunter while still not as huge in the u.s as it is uh, in japan and other places is very much a system seller or has been in the past and still remains it seems to remain a very strong ip i think this is i think this is huge i think this is huge for the switch and it's kind of longevity and then showing that you can have cross play between the 3DS and the Switch in terms of getting people on board with the franchise. Um, well, yeah, the I, market I, clearly I, agreed with you, Christian, because there was a huge spike in Nintendo stock price based on this Monster Hunter announcement. So the market said, yeah, Monster Hunter on Switch, that's good for Nintendo. Bing. Um, value went up on the on Nintendo stock. Uh, after I'll, the I'll say... I, I feel like people really get excited to be very positive market-wise with Nintendo and their stock, and and I think it'll definitely level down lower again. Uh, Probably true. It's yes. it seems to be a, a weird trend with Nintendo recently. It's just every every positive announcement, people flood. Every not necessarily even negative, but every like realistic kind of thing, kind of brings things back. And then and it, but then there's people who panic because they lost money because of that. 
Uh, <laughs> I've never been a huge Monster Hunter guy. I, I tried to get into it. It's a little, it's a little um, dogmatic. You know, it, it kind of feels very. You have to do things a certain way, and it, it, it imposes those things on you. And people love it for that, but for me, it it feels so clunky. You know, in in a lot of its implementation, and that's why I've been so excited about that PC version of. Um, Monster Hunter that that is being developed by Western developers because I feel like having a little Western influence on that on that formula might just kind of rough uh, you know wear down the edges that that grate on me a little bit. But I will say the I think the the biggest takeaway from this news is something that you brought up, Christian, which is I've been assuming and hoping that because the Switch is this hybrid device we were going to see some of these 3DS games and 3DS developers make games for the Switch. And I think this is a great indication of how the Switch can live in that place of being both, which, you know, I, I was hoping when we first heard about the Switch that the 3DS would be phased out and we would see just everything converge from Nintendo onto Switch. You could have the mobile games there. You could have the home games there. You could have things that are both live there. It could it could be all things for all people. And you could have more, more releases from Nintendo first party on one system rather than going, oh, here's a release on 3DS from a first party. Here's a release on Switch from a first party. Everything would go to Switch. And so to show that you know, a 3DS game can work on Switch that gets people excited. It doesn't look like it's taking full advantage of the Switch. It is really a port with some, you know, shaders. <laughs> but I think it's a good indi- indicator that maybe we'll see more of this kind of thing where something that's that's truly a mobile game lives on Switch. Yeah, I think it's huge. And I think I think it's huge that you can transfer your save data and interact between versions of the game. It's not your, you know, left on an island. Like I think if you want to create a game for the 3DS because that install base is still huge and, you know, everybody has one of those and then later bring it to Switch. You know, that avenue is there, I think, for some of these smaller games or teams. Obviously, Monster Hunter is not that. Um, but I think it's exciting that maybe we'll see some other the 3DS has had some incredible games. And so now is there a market for them to bring that over uh, to the Switch in a way that allows you to continue your progress if you haven't finished your game or, you know, brings new people in and keeps old players excited, too? Yeah, I'd really hope they do that with, uh, I mean, I don't want to say inevitable, but it seems to be a a Pokemon release. Uh, Right. um, I I hope I'm able to... uh, uh, metaphorically dust the dust my cartridge off my 3ds one that I never finished and and pick up where I'm I'm at on Switch, though I'd say while I I'm very I, I'm like you I I have not played Monster Hunter really much at all um I'm not a, a diehard fan by any means but the bringing a previous portable game over a 3ds game over to the Switch is great and awesome and I support it I just wish that we had more switch titles to yes. go along with those. Uh, I feel like we're getting a lot of ports at the moment. I mean, that's I, true. I love, I love Mario Kart. I have a ton of fun. It's great to have another like couch multiplayer in my life. Again, those don't come enough. Um, but yeah, I need something new because Zelda's great and all, but I need something different and arms still it, it, it's going to be fun, but it's going to be small, hmm. I think. 
Interesting. Yeah, no, I think you're not wrong. Of course, that you know everybody's hoping more Switch stuff gets announced at E3. Um, yeah, and I'm right there with you. I do think you should be careful what you wish for on the Pokemon uh, Pokemon <laughs> Pokemon front. <laughs> Uh, because, uh, you know, you could have the Pokemon Ruby, Pokemon Sapphire, Pokemon Switch Ruby, Pokemon Switch Sapphire. And there's one Pokemon in each one that you can't get unless you get oh, them all. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that'll probably happen. I've, <laughs> I've, I've moved beyond that in my life at this point. I don't have the hours. <laughs> right. So they can, they can throw that stuff up all they want and I'll say, good for you kids. Have fun. <laughs> well, I think you guys are completely bearing the leads on the uh, on the stories of the week. You know, people come to the show and they're looking for stories of the week. And I know you guys know that I'm going to bring up the story, the real story of the week, the big news, which is uh, well, there's actually two, but uh, Far Cry Five full reveal. That's the one that's dominated the news cycle this week. And I know we speculated about Far Cry Five uh, last week because we knew about uh, Hope. Springs, Montana. We knew about the the setting, but now we've got an actual trailer. We've got a whole bunch of reveals about what the game is actually going to play like and be like. Uh, there's going to be two player co op co op throughout the entire campaign. There's going to be planes and aerial dogfights and cars and ATVs. You're going to be able to get a dog and other pets that you can train and have them attack on your behalf, just like in Primal. Um, and we know about this story. The idea is that there is a militia uh, built from uh, a, a um, religious cult called Eden's Gate. And you're tasked with taking down this uh, militia. So you're going to be murdering a lot of people. But uh, it's set in rural Montana and it kind of feels a little uh, political. It seems very, uh, very of the times. And I'm wondering what you think about this, Matthew. Are you are you excited for this Far Cry 5 content? I'm I'm beyond excited. I'm a huge Far Cry fan. Uh I think Far Cry 3 and Far Cry 4 were incredible amounts of fun. Um, the aspects of them that are questionable for me are totally removed with this game. Um, uh, you know, that being uh, genocide, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, for me, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, and there's always been the... Uh, kind of not few and far between, I guess, in my life. But the the particularly fanatic um, Christian gun right activist people uh, that I was always a little bit like afraid of to a point, really, like more afraid of them than just about any other people that are that with the exception of like an individual who's just like oh that that one person is crazy <laughs> but but like it, it's i always had a genuine fear of some of these people and now i get to see them in a context that really very few games have ever kind of touched upon a, a cult that is american and right white really and uh i i think it's awesome i i love that it's bringing it home to to something I'm going to be more familiar with and Montana, Ohio, they're really not that different. 
So yeah. like for me, for me, it, it's going to feel awesome. And, and, and then adding on that of being able to like dogfight in planes and, uh, customizable weapons and, and, and everything that they want to do there. I'm, I'm in, I, I love those games. Well, you say they're not that different, but my goodness, did I get a lot of emails this week from people who are very upset with me, uh, <laughs> painting really? with a broad brush about, uh, about states that are between California and New York. Oh my God. I tried, buddy. I tried to help. I oh, tried to help. Oh my goodness. There's uh, differences, but I mean, I grew up in a township <laughs> with plenty of farms and like my roommate in college literally lived on a farm with, I don't know, 50 acres. <laughs> so like, right. uh, for me looking out my, my back window growing up, uh, and looking at uh, every picture of Montana that I've ever seen, I don't see a gigantic difference. <laughs> Nothing in it compares comparison to sitting in the Valley <laughs> North of Los Angeles now <laughs> in comparison right. to the middle of nowhere, Ohio. Oh. Well, I, you know, I, I agree with you. I think it's kind of cool that video games are getting a little more bold and, uh, taking on subjects that actually have meaning and weight. You know, we saw that with Mafia 3 this last year and, you know, actually kind of addressing things that are about something, you know, talking about stuff that's happening in our world, themes that resonate beyond just, you know, if it moves, shoot it. And I think that's kind of a new place for video games to get to. And I applaud that. My worry is... Is Far Cry the 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 franchise to do that with? I I just don't think that they haven't proved themselves to be nuanced in their storytelling in any way. I'm hoping that that this is the one that really engages me and and makes me think. Uh, I think that would be awesome. But there is no precedent in this series for them handling this subject matter with any kind of deft hand. Uh, you know, they've certainly set things in politically charged locations, but it doesn't seem like they've really cared to make any kind of introspective statement about those things. I, I hope this is the one that does though. Yeah, I, I agree. I, uh, I know some people who have moved over to Ubisoft though. I've never actually had a single conversation about anything that's going on over there though. I uh, honestly, they're probably so busy. I'm barely talking to them anyway, but, um, I have faith that they've since they've been growing their story department quite a bit. It seems like that uh, they've just got a lot more eyes and brains on it than they would have in the past. Um, so I hope that kind of shocks the system a little bit and, and does bring some nuance to things because I I totally agree. They a lot of their things are pretty black and white, um, and the. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Christian, what's your take? I think the game looks... I think Ubisoft is doing a lot right in terms of pushing buttons, in terms of getting their game out there and advertising it. You talked about for Friday the 13th, how do you advertise your game? You got to sell it to, you know, you got to get the message out. I think to some extent, a lot of people putting the political overtures on it or this idea that it's very relevant to now is more reaction of people of how people inside feel, how they themselves feel, and they're projecting their own feelings onto a game. I think maybe including the United States flag on the cover art and hanging um, in the church in the background on the cover maybe evoke that in people that it's like very much now and Trumpism and stuff like that. But I don't know, having not played the game, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, right? I mean, we've had things like uh, Waco, Jonestown, Heaven's Gate, 
Um, there is a, a long, robust history of religious or um, uh, self-labeled religious cults in the United States and in other places across the world, leading to death of their own members and deaths of others. And to say that this game that has likely been in development for a couple of years is reacting to today's political climate, particularly, I think is us perhaps stretching or hoping or projecting, like I already said, our own feelings onto the game. And I also think to some extent, you know, we've seen, and I agree with you, Jeff, I, I like games that do take on bigger themes, but we've seen games try with things before. Bioshock Infinite, the first hour of that game, you know, really hit on some some powerful themes. I think it ultimately fumbled the ball as that game progressed. But I also think games like Resident Evil 7 is very much about a relig- a white religious cult. And don't get me wrong, I am I am totally okay with white people being bad guys more in games. I think it needs to happen. I think we need diversity from protagonists and antagonists. But I think we've seen things before. I think uh, it's great to see more of it. But I guess my larger point is I think people are trying to read too much into what Far Cry 5 could be and what it's trying to say on both sides of the aisle where people are like, yeah, finally, we're going to kill whiteies and then other people being like this is horrible they're they're making they're they're making just average american a bad guy and i think the truth is somewhere in the middle and then like you said i also don't know if far cry is the game that's going to solve america's problems <laughs> well i don't think it's sitting out to do that let's be fair yeah. but uh i just want i would like a game to uh at least approach those things with some level of um introspection and and subtlety and nuance. I I think, you know, Grand Theft Auto has often found itself in the crosshairs politically, but they are so they're so they're kind of like the South Park guys, right? They they care so little about that. They're just here to flip the middle finger at all of it that they can kind of get away with being blunt instrument to all of that stuff, you know? Uh I'm I'm kind of ready for something to be not blunt instrument. I'm ready for something to be scalpel and be – and I think Mafia 3 really tried to do that and in a large sense succeeded with a lot of its storytelling. But um, sort of the game itself wasn't strong enough to support – for me, wasn't strong enough to support uh, its status as as kind of the game that does that. But I, I like the fact that video games as an art form are being used in more interesting ways now. That's that's a really cool thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's got to be really difficult to make something that does have that like that weight to it, uh, that of of responsibility and and nuance. Because it's really it's like making how how can you make a thirty hour TED talk? That is interesting right. all the way well, to the a, end. A 30 hour TED talk <laughs> where you have to shoot something every two and a half seconds. You know, it's, yeah. That's a tough, that's a tough proposition. Yeah. To say, okay. Here we are in Far Cry. We're going to talk about something real, but also we know that you need to be able to shoot things periodically. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it's, it's a tough thing. I mean, even Uncharted isn't exactly trying to be political, but it is trying to have story be its centerpiece and often is like, well, oh, crap. Okay. Here's a bunch of dudes to shoot. And then we'll get back to t- telling the story in a second. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tough balancing act that video games have had to struggle with for a long time. Yeah. And this yeah. is the part of the podcast where you, the listener get to shoot something. So go ahead and <laughs> oh, uh, we, we want to keep the show fun for you. You can pick a host, not on Burnside. Not a, and of course, uh, I guess Christian, you need a, you need a bumper now because it's happening so frequently. 
yeah. Christian was right. He nailed another one. He got it right, 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 right. Something like that. Um, this one was the easiest one, though, right? I mean, yeah, I think I mean, we were all surprising we were all no one. Yeah. Surprising no one. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 announced a delay. Uh, not a short delay. <laughs> this was originally going to be a fall release this year. Uh, we're talking a year from now. Is is we're talking spring 2018, and not early spring. This is not March. We're talking May 2018. So, um, you know, obviously Rockstar has a long history of delaying their games. Christian, you you predicted this as many did but uh i will let you have the first uh response and and how do you feel rockstar gonna rockstar i don't know how another way to feel i'm glad that i was prepared emotionally for this Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i I, my big question now is um is it a uh maybe we will maybe we'll see it be across um console release but i feel like you know scorpio will have been out for maybe a year now right the ps4 pro will be two years old ps5 is potentially right around the corner ps4 super pro whatever they feel like calling it um i know gta 5 continues to sell like gangbusters on this current gen of consoles even though it was released um prior gen as well so i'm curious to see what rockstar does in that regard i'm also just curious i don't know um stock uh laws well enough in the united states but i just feel like it has to be stock manipulation, right? <laughs> like, hey, the game's coming out this year. <laughs> stock the stock's like what? dropped. Yeah, dropped when. They well, then it dropped, it. right? Yeah. And then so someone was joking that this is the time of year every year when Rockstar employees buy up all the Rockstar stock after the <laughs> after and they, then it, they write it up after the game comes out and they sell it and get rich. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting that Rockstar games take longer than console cycles because <laughs> we kind of get. <laughs> You yeah. kind of get, uh, you know, the the game comes out right at the tail end of a console cycle, and then we get new consoles, and it's like, oh, I can't wait for that yeah. next Rockstar game. It's like, yeah, it comes out right at the end of the next console cycle. Um, it is pretty crazy that, like, they had so many things on the PS2. Yeah, <laughs> right? They keep getting slower and slower and slower, even though their teams keep growing and growing and growing. Right. That's a disappointing there. I personally, this is going to probably offend a lot of people. I played maybe less than two minutes of Red Dead Redemption. Oh, you really need to play that game. That's it. It's so good. Yeah, it's one of those things that just like, it just kept getting lost behind other things, and then it just keeps getting pushed further and further just because everything is an unending amount of releases year after year after year. Um,. Uh, I watched friends play it, and I certainly am very excited for this. But uh, so. I, I'm not at all surprised that they they delayed it. And personally, uh, I I'm a fan of delaying games because it means that I'm gonna get a better game. Yes, that, that's what almost always happens when a game gets delayed is that it's it's being delayed for a very good reason. Delay it because... all. Delay everything. I can save so much money that way. Just de- keep delaying. <laughs> just let me yeah. think about what games might be like, and I just will fantasize about how good they will eventually be. But I'll never have to play them and be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm happy that they did it now rather than waiting. A, you know, a few more months from now before announcing that it's delayed. Like, well, we'll get that one too, though. Matter. We'll get, we'll get that. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll get that. <laughs> this is the delay from before the delay. Oh, oh right, right. <laughs> in, this, in the chat room, Mighty Sandwich says it won't matter. Red Dead will still sell. Period. Correct. Not, not wrong. Um, obviously, it's gonna, they, they know they can put it out whenever. And I always respect uh, a company for biting the bullet, understanding their stock's going to plummet, and 
uh, you know, doing the right thing by a game and making sure that it's good when it comes out. I just don't understand why they ever even announce a, yes. a, a release date. Like, why even do that? It just doesn't make any sense to me. But also, I think another aspect of this news bit is that this pretty much guarantees that Zelda is going to get all the Game of the Year awards, right? Except not maybe, from us. Except for maybe us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I kind of feel like that was the only – unless we get some huge surprise at E3 um, of some game that's coming out this year that will – that will rival it. I kind of feel like that basically just sewed up most of the mainstream game of the year awards. You don't think uh, Horizon's going to slip in on some of that? I think it will probably win DLC's game of the year. I mean, I, I currently <laughs> like, like uh, Horizon more than Zelda personally, and I, think I agree. Agrees. Yeah, so I think we'll, we will likely award it, but I, I think we will be a, a lone voice in the dark on that one. I think you'll see some Mario's if it comes out this year. I think you'll see some Nears if it comes out this year. I think you might see some Destiny 2s if it's able to fix things. If God of War is this year, which I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be. That could potentially slide into some. And then I maybe Shadow of War, Middle Earth, Shadow, Shadow of War, if they're able to manage all of the systems that they're trying to yeah. cram into that game. I think it could get some. But yes, I think, and I think rightfully so, Zelda will win most of them. And I have I have no problem with that. That oh, game it's, yeah. it is an important it's a, it's going to be a landmark game that we will be talking about for years and years to come. I so. I can't wait to sit my grandchild down and explain to them why they can climb in every video game that they yeah, play now. Exactly. There's no more <laughs> there's no more weird yellow stripe on the handhold place, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll be like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "Oh, this is a fictional representation of a planet similar to a thing called Earth." See, I used to live there when I was here. <laughs> right. Here yeah. on Mars, you don't understand these lush landscapes. I get it, but pull up this hologram and <laughs> <laughs> and eat, eat your poop potatoes and be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you can climb in any video game, so kind of works. <laughs> it's, all, it's all relative. It all <laughs> evens out. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the games we've been playing. But first, I do need to thank our sponsor, Linode. Linode is a hosting company offering high-performance Linux servers for all of your infrastructure needs. Linode has it all. Lightning quick servers in the cloud, a super-fast 40 GPS network, automated backups, node balancers, managed services, guides with step-by-step -step instructions, a simple but powerful control panel, 99.9% .9 uptime, and 24-7 support experts for that 0.1% when you have an issue. All the tools you need to get the job done right the first time. And now, Linode offers two gigabytes of RAM for only 10 bucks a month. Over 400,000 customers trust the Linode platform, including... 5x5, five five, the very network you're listening to now, all of the infrastructure at 5x5 five five is happily hosted on Linode. And getting started is easy. You just pick a plan, choose your favorite Linux distro, and pick from one of eight data centers in America, Europe, and Asia. Linode has a huge announcement, too. They are also now offering one gigabyte for five bucks. So you can have an even more affordable high-memory plan Starting at only sixteen, uh, starting at sixteen gigabytes for sixty bucks a month, and an upgrade in storage from twenty-four gigabytes to thirty gigabytes on our two gigabyte for ten dollar plan. So, support this show and get a twenty dollar Linode credit by going to uh, Linode.com. Excuse me, no, it's promo dot Linode.com slash DLC. So that's P R O M O dot L I N ode.com slash dlc get yourself twenty dollars in credit and get yourself a high performance linux linux server 
for all your infrastructure needs. So many good games right now. This is supposed to be the summer lull, but no. Great games to be playing right now. Matthew, what is in your playlist? We're going to get to VR stuff. I know you got lots of that going on, but oh, what, what non-VR stuff is in your playlist? Let's start with Friday so the 13th. Why, why so don't we much, start there? So much, so much, so much. Yeah, Friday the 13th. I'm not, I've, I've only played a few matches. I'm level like five or six. Um, uh it's it's interesting. I I certainly hope there gets to be a lot more people, um, and the server times get 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 down. But you know it's 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 early. It's in, it's an infant of a game, and uh, I'm sure it'll get there. It seems to be quite popular. They seem to be active on it. But uh, I'm I'm enjoying it overall. I think it's great. Um, the the little visual issues that it has with being a smaller game and everything aside, like it it it's still I think it's still a really fun and and neat game. Um, uh, I'm I'm enjoying it so far, and, and I'm excited to jump in and see if I can get a group of of like a large group of people together to play the game. Have you played any games as Jason? I've not. I've only been a camp counselor. Okay. Okay, Burnside. I'm now going to wave my magic wand and change the name of the game from Friday the Thirteenth to uh, Kids Being Murdered by Random Dude. How do you feel about the game? Uh, this basically the same, <laughs> okay. but maybe, maybe a little bit less. Cause there is the, the novelty of, of Jason. Uh, but, um, like I said earlier, I, I love that asymmetrical one V whatever number kind of multiplayer stuff. Um, so I, I like it. I like the, I like the hiding. I like sneaking. Uh, I'm not normally a big stealth guy in games. Um, I often find it, it it, it just seems weird to me typically of like, Oh, if I crouch, then like people can't find me. Like I, I have a hard time suspending my disbelief with that <laughs> for some reason, but like, I don't know, being a 13 foot monster doesn't bother me, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the, 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 the tenseness that it's creating within me of like, when I start to hear the, and all that, that stuff as I'm like crouching around, I'm like, oh great, I, do I have somewhere to hide? Is hiding even even worth it? I, if I run away, is he gonna hear me? What about this? Oh man, if I'm standing here, he's he's just getting closer. What if I do this? But um, no, oh, but a radio. Maybe I have time to to call on this radio. Like I like all that stuff. I'm I, I'm I enjoy it. I I take it that you're not as big of a fan. So I've only played a. I've probably played less than you have. Um, I, I I love the license. I love the way they've incorporated the license, the use of the music, and the Jason designs look incredible. And the maps are awesome. The way that they, you know, it's places you've seen from the films, but now you're in all the rooms, and you know you can explore these locations in a way that you never were able to in the films, right? Where like the whole lake is there, and, and what else is around this corner, and how does this how does this forest work? Um, to me, I, I really, and I too like Evolve and, and, and that style of gameplay. I wish that this had, that this didn't require a Kickstarter to be made. I, I wish, I think that this type of property is the way to do this style of multiplayer. Um, it, it works so much better, I think, than Evolve, which was this weird fiction. Like, this works. This is, 
what that those movies were about, right? It's this monster going and killing these kids. And I think it does um, instill fear in a way that Evolve never did, where it was just like, the monster, get the get the monster, you know, shoot the thing. And this has those tense moments, much in the way that um, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds does, where you feel ill-prepared. And if you hear someone come around a corner, you're just like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. This isn't going to end well for me. But it's um, it's non-AAA-ness, I think shows a lot and I think hinders the game more than I'm willing to look past it in terms of, Oh, it's, it's janky. Uh, this is fun where like the animations are, are odd. Um, the characters aside from Jason don't look great. The way you're, your your way you walk and kind of move through the world and almost every bush that you either isn't big enough to be a tree just phases through you. It either like you stop because you can't walk through it or every other bush just kind of, you know, you're like Kitty Pride just walking through the forest. Um, and then the way you are either hindered or you're limited to either walking, which is very slow or shift. I'm playing on PC. I should mention too, I was provided a code for this game. Um, you, or you're holding shift and running, and there's no like in between where I feel like that kind of ruins my immersion. Chris has been playing it for two weeks longer than you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got an early copy four years ago, and let me tell you, uh, I, I want like a jog or something, like because it, it opens the way that every match opens is Jason. And by the way, the kill animations in the game are great. The open kill animation is horrible. Yeah. When that, and when that guy turns around and his like scared face oh, is the most plastic looking thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like this weird thing that I think is supposed to like instill fear and be like, "Here we go!" But instead, it, yeah, I, I feel like did it glitch? What happened? <laughs> instead, it looks like Jason is killing a preppy version of of Hank Hill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not great. Uh, and then you're... A pro ah! <laughs> there is. Pro uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're kind of just stuck, you know, walking in this very slow. You, your character model doesn't look, you know, it's just like all this stuff that kind of breaks that what I should be feeling and doing. But if all of that could be removed, like you said, I love the idea of of its core gameplay of the person playing. And I also have not. Uh, play jason yet but like stalking and and if you read through the tutorials and and watching some of the streams like jason is very overpowered and the counselors with what you're trying to do uh, my first match i survived and i got into a car that was leaving as jason was right behind the car and then after the match the guy's like yeah we were super close to not stopping for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, i actually right I got there ditched, i got ditched by somebody because of that it was like last second i was I had one step left and I would have been able to get in the car and they had to book it. I, I didn't blame them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it, it's this really, it, it's cutthroat even amongst the counselors because they're going to survive. Why should they stop for you? Um, so I think there's a lot to like in the, in the game. I don't know if the production stuff will ever get there that I think will elevate it to something that, no, I don't think it will either. Like the animation issues that you speak of, like animation is not syncing up totally correctly and and that kind of stuff is is probably never going to get addressed uh that'd be a difficult and expensive thing to do mm-hmm. uh, and and a lot of potential to to break the game bad again and i don't know how much time they can get caught up in testing and debugging and then i think from a gameplay perspective things that kind of bother me are it's and maybe this maybe this can get changed but after you die you need to stay in the game to get to level up your character. And so like I was the first counselor killed in a game and then I was, it was a timeout. So I was 
not playing for 20 minutes, you know, just sitting there watching. And I, you can leave. You can leave a match. Yeah. Uh, but then you don't get your experience upgrades. Granted, I only got like two points or whatever it was because I was the first to die. And I, I like hit Jason once with my machete. <laughs> but yeah. like, I love the way, and again, comparing them, uh, they're different styles of game, but I think similar in, in releases to Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Like, I die in that game, and boom. I'm right back in a game, and I think that also would help alleviate the server wait times for Friday the 13th. If I die, level me up, show the little things I got, and then let me get back into a lobby so I can play with people again instead of literally sitting there for 20 minutes. Yeah, I think that we're going to see everyone steal that. I think that is going to be just the way it's done in multiplayer games from from now on, uh, other than games that sort of have an established culture. I think I think that is such a brilliant iteration on that on that mechanic that really alleviates the frustration thing and and as you said helps just the the population of these games because you're not tying up play, potential players in games that they're not playing in yeah i would be surprised if we're not seeing that as the new standard unless it's like a round based game like overwatch has some or counter strike you know like when you right. die but it's like another round you got to wait i get that but yet otherwise mm-hmm. it's it's awesome but i i really i really love the core 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 gameplay of this game and i think if you're a huge friday the 13th fan i think you'll get a lot out of it the sound design is really great and i would love to see you know someone throw heaps of money at this and do the nightmare on elm street version of it because i think this this monster movie style of this style of game is is a hundred percent the right way to go like if evolve was never made and that whatever it was 120 million dollar budget got put on this game i think this game would still be you know number four on twitch for people watching it because it makes so much dang sense it's really really cool yeah if this if if they would have had a bigger team and a lot more money somehow, uh, the, it could have been a real polished experience. Um, I, I, I agree with you. There's, there's certainly things about it that just, uh, aren't up to quality standards for a, a lot of people, but, but it is at the core of it. It is a really fun and interesting game. So what else is on your playlist? Oh man. Uh, pray. Um, <laughs> I know uh, you've got your opinions on it personally. I love it. I think it's awesome. I oh, that's I, great. I love the fact that it's kind of it's one of those like pseudo open world games, but in disguise, uh, where you can still kind of wander anywhere and make your way into uh, storylines and objectives without actually needing to be introduced to that first and you can still end up completing the stuff you know finding the various people throughout the uh, talos and and everything and i i like all of that a lot and uh and personally the uh uh the the battle mechanics and how difficult it is to aim and and part of that being just the the the, the game itself and uh, uh I guess some people would say like poor design, but, (laughs) but, uh, I like that it's difficult and frustratingly difficult to shoot things some, uh, from time to time. What are you playing? That's really great. Uh, I'm playing that on PC. Okay. Jeff, did you play it on console too, right? On PS4? PS4. Yeah. I've heard that. No, no, no. I keep saying that. No, I played it on Xbox one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've heard that PS4 had bad controls and I've heard that PC, it's like, it, I've heard that it feels so much better on PC. Like it feel like it was made for keyboard and mouse. I have never played it that way. Though. I would, I actually, uh, I use a controller. Uh, oh, weird. I'm not liking the keyboard and, and mouse. And, um, yeah, I, I, it, 
it, it wasn't gelling with me at keyboard and mouse like a lot of shooters. Um, and so switching to controller, I actually found it to be nice. Um, I think they've patched, patched out the issues with consoles because Xbox One was also suffering some of the, the controller um, input lag or latency or something there. Um, well, I'm glad you had uh, such positive things to say. Uh, I feel like I was very positive on the game except for one very specific aspect about it. But I did get an email this week uh, to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Uh, this comes from Chris Wright. He says, um, I think your coverage of what he calls immersive sims – uh, on the podcast over the last year has been quite unfair. Deus Ex Mankind Divided, Dishonored 2, and Prey are all excellent games in my opinion. They have strong st- stories, interesting worlds to explore, and an amazing suite of powers and upgrades that let you approach problems in a variety of ways. Combat is not their strong point, but in the case of Prey in particular, that seems to have been the sole focus overlooking everything the game does right. I realize not everything is going to appeal to everyone, but I think both of you guys have quite similar opinions on these types of games, and it can come off quite negative when in fact the games mentioned are really pretty great. So thanks, Chris, for that feedback. I I feel bad if if uh, it came off as as only negative because I think I had a lot of positive things to say about Prey. In fact, what made me so upset about the way the combat worked in the game is that it detracted from what I thought was such a strong universe and uh, such a strong environment that I really did want to explore and didn't want to be constantly worrying about these dumb enemies that I didn't care about. Um so I, I I feel bad if that didn't com- did not come across, but I'm glad that uh, Burnside is here to give us a little more positivity on this game. Yeah, the the, the battle mechanics they do a thing that uh, is rare that I I like when it happens, where there's something in the game that is frustrating, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like, oh, this can't, this isn't good enough, this needs to change, but ultimately it doesn't because it. it that hurdle to get over is kind of what makes the game not makes the game fun, but a a detail, an aspect of it that helps make the game fun. My Um, old colleague, Dan Trachtenberg used to call that the good suck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it actually is what makes things good. It's uh, I, I always go to the classic resident evils for that. The, the mechanic of not being able to move when you shoot, like it sucks. Like, it's kind of bad design, but it's in its own. It's like that, that created attention. And that right. from that came a billion other amazing horror th- titles. And um, so I, I, in a weird way, I think it benefits it. I just don't just enjoy the, the tension part. Like this particular game for me didn't need to be sci-fi horror. It could have just been sci-fi and I would have been totally happy. I didn't need the horror element to make the game interesting because the game was already interesting. But Uh, there's one thing in that guy's email though, that a term I I keep seeing thrown around on the internet, but I really am having difficulty with it is this immersive sim. Mm. What makes something an immersive sim? Uh, Like how is this or, or like dishonored Two different from, another like campaign driven single player you know shooter right I, I i agree with you i think it's a little broad the term and i think it's a little misapplied personally but i think maybe the idea is that in these games there are systems that first of all allow you to customize your approach to handling 
problems in a much more specific way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, every, every problem has three solutions type of a deal. Um, but also the systems themselves, the interaction of the systems themselves allows for a simulated world rather than a binary, either you do this or you don't. It's more like, you know, there are, there are ways around it because the systems are interacting in such a way that let you experiment. Hmm, okay. But I, I also say, agree with you that the, the term is a little misapplied. Oh, I, I want to say that I agree with our listeners and whatever they think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Always pandering. Always pandering. Always be pandering. That's his motto. That's that. It's kind of my uh, DLC stands for always be pandering. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else have you been playing? I know you've been playing lots of stuff, Matthew. Oh man, I'm always playing Overwatch on PS4 and PC. Uh, I, I'm nonstop with that game. It's a, it's it's a it's been a, a year long addiction, and I'm I'm not ready to shake it. <laughs> how do you how do you pick which you're going to play on when you have it on both? Um. If I've got friends playing on PS4, I'll play with them. Uh, if I'm by myself uh, or I've got friends playing on PC, I'll play on PC. That sounds about right. The PC is the lonely players. <laughs> play. That is the, the sad PC. We're, well, we're I think the master community- race. Yeah. Here we are all by ourselves. I think the community is better. I, I'm, at least among people who use microphones and don't talk into a, a private chat. Uh, I've had way more times where I've I've been in a match with five teammates that are all solid we're all communicating with each other on pc we group up we play for an hour we go on a crazy winning streak we're all like super happy at the end of it and i've never had that but maybe one time on ps4 yeah Um, because usually you get in and there's nobody on a mic except for like one person who's got music on loud in the background <laughs> right. or you can the hear the baby crying roommates. yeah attend like, to your child jesus yeah. it's actually not their mic too it's the sony vision cam that they have for <laughs> yeah. vr they forget oh, automatically yeah. defaults yeah. to chat yeah. on unless they turn that off you hear yeah. the, like the like battery is out on the smoke detector thing every couple of minutes <laughs> it's just like what world just stop playing video games for one second and attend to your life yeah yeah the, the fact of because uh, i didn't have a pc when i when i uh kick-started friday the 13th so like i wish i had the the pc version of that so that i could see how people are communicating on there because uh, frankly on the ps4 people are being uh i'd say playfully toxic <laughs> right now <laughs> That's a polite way of referring to it. Is that a britney They're... spears song i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they like there's like when we played last night there was a there was a guy who was having trouble running away from Jason and getting into the car and, and people ended up leaving him and like you know they were throwing uh cuck around a lot and those kind of things and and it's just like oh, oh come on <laughs> like, delightfully it's evil. it's annoying but at the same time like I strangely this kind of goes to what I I kind of like the uh being forced to to wait uh, at the end of a, of a match, because then you get to talk to everybody else who died, and that's kind of it's been that's been pretty fun, <laughs> and them like sort of apologizing to the guy, but then like not, but then he also didn't know the stuff that he said behind their back, and it, it was kind of a fun like people watching experience, <laughs> and it does reinforce the horror stereotype that the real yeah. horror is us. Yeah. It's always yeah. us, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, we all deserved to die. Okay, uh, so who's your main in Overwatch? Uh, I'd say majority of the time I am playing Lucio. I'm a big booper. Mm. Any, any, if you got a cliff on a level, like there's a good chance I'm going to sneak up on you. Oh, uh, don't stand next to the cliff. You'll be booped. 
Oh yeah, I, and and I'm I'm a big I never stop shooting, mm-hmm. and I'm jumping all over the place. There's been a lot of times where I'll save my team by keeping everybody just off of the payload by booping them off, and somehow remaining alive by myself for multiple waves of teammates. I'm, I'm a big Lucio fan. Do you play with a controller on PC as well? No, definitely not. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, I got my I got my little Razer keyboard, uh, and I love the way it lights up for Overwatch. <laughs> I never thought I'd care about any <laughs> any flashy lights and stuff on a computer and still, until my Q button started flashing a different color. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, great. <laughs> uh, Christian, I want to tell you a little story. Of a lovely lady. Go ahead. Uh, this week, I, uh, I joined my wife on a little trip. We went to Portland and visited some friends. And I thought, what a perfect opportunity to take my portable – new new flashy portable console called the nintendo switch well to be fair it's a home console nintendo has repeatedly told you that right <laughs> but i could take it with me wherever i go threw it in my threw it in my my rucksack with my nice uh shiny uh usb-c charging cable and uh i was all excited because i knew that arms test punch was going to happen and i was going to be in primo position to download that and play it while i'm on the go and uh, whilst – just whilst leaving, whilst at the airport, I plugged that trusty switch into the uh, the outlet to charge it and waited. And it said it was charging. Nothing happened. OK. Well, I guess I can't charge it before the plane. That's OK. Uh, arrived on my trip, promptly plugged it in, waited hours and hours. And it never charged. It never did anything. It constantly told me it was charging, but it only ever got to n- no charge at all. Uh, so I was without the ability to play the arms test punch this this week, and I'm very frustrated because I wanted to play that very badly. And I'm 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 glad that you got a chance to play it, so that you can tell me what I missed out on. Wait, well, where's the end of your story? Did you is your switch broken or did you bring a bad well, cable? So I got back I last have, night. I have an idea, but I want to hear the I want to hear the real story first. Well, I got back last night and you have fanfic uh, Burnside. You wrote some fanfic for it. Already. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shipping going on in it. <laughs> uh, I got back last night and uh, I plugged that switch into its dock and it it booted up onto the big television screen, no problem. And I downloaded uh, the test punch, and it was, and it said, "No, oh, can't do that." It was only you only had a very short window, but it let me download it. So everything seems to be working on the TV. I have yet to uh, disengage the dock and try it. I'm a little scared to see that if it's just not a portable system for me anymore. Like the battery's already dead. That seems weird. I don't know. So we'll see. I feel like it was a bad cable. You brought it you had a bad, a bad cable. Well, what, bad cable. or not enough juice coming from your wall socket? But I tried that's what I was going to say. I had multiple wall sockets in multiple locations that I tried. Well, I mean the what's the word for the the adapter, the plug, the actual right? Yeah, the plug is the issue. Were you using the Nintendo? No, uh, like no, I bought a USB C plug from Amazon. That's thinking why that it would work. It's it's a lower amp. Mm. Yeah, we we ended up buying Damn. the the actual one because it's it's actually stronger. It's, and don't plug it into a phone if you have a phone that has a USB C. Uh, not will not it. work. Yeah. Uh, you well, could, it will, you but your it. phone will not work. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna mess that battery up. It's a lot of juice. It requires a lot of juice. Yeah, so <sighs> well, that's why it was it was basically just powering it and keeping it in standby mode. I think frustrating. 
Yeah, yeah. Very, very frustrating. But for just $40, you can get a USB-C cable or just $100. I, I This is from a guy who owns two docks and one other uh, official Nintendo USB cord because uh, I hate money, apparently. <laughs> you want that Nintendo stock price to go up. I got to be. Someone's got to help them. Uh, arms test punch. Um, let's see. I really love the character design. I love this bold, new, bright, and beautiful Nintendo. I think even Breath of the Wild has a lot of that. The color palette used in Breath of the Wild is is just stunning, right? And well, I don't. I think Nintendo's always been bright and beautiful. I mean, come on, Mario. No. Not like this. I don't know. I think starting with Mario Kart 8 and Splatoon last year, like the, the character design and the, I mean, I guess Wind Waker, but even that was felt, felt different. It was bright, but it's this. They were this, bright, but they were primary. This is moving into like bright neon. Yeah. Yeah. It's like pastels and neons and, and even caricatures-ness of mm-hmm. like, their characters have always been cartoony, but like even the way Nintendo has embraced the Luigi death stare and Mario Kart 8. Like they just they're going for it, you know, with some of this stuff. And I think Splatoon and the Inklings and Squid Boy and Squid Girl and stuff like that really embrace that. And the arms, these, it, it is mind boggling that Nintendo is, you know, who knows how long they've been working on this. But they're just like, oh, by the way, here's this new IP we have, which also has whatever it is, eight or ten of the most original and creative looking characters you've ever seen and they're all new this isn't smash brothers where it's here's mario with these mm-hmm. you know silly arms these are all entirely new characters that all fit in this world and every single one of them is stunning so the surest way to know that uh, that christian spicer hates something is when he spends 20 minutes talking about the character designs the game itself, I think, is going to... It's <laughs> like when you have somebody come to see your play that you're in, and they're like, man, the lighting was so good. Uh, yeah. Gosh, that... it was great. I, I could hear it all the way from the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the gameplay, I think playing the game will change no one's opinion about the game. If you've seen the game in action, it plays as you would expect it to play. I think there is a little more depth and complexity to the game for expert players that they will find just as they did in Smash Brothers. But for the majority of the players, it will be a a spam, smash the button, wave your arms around. Where there is cool stuff you can do with some of the characters too, like the dash when you're Ninjaga, I think is the character's name who's the person I played the most during the test punches, um, when you jump and dash, you actually teleport. And so there's like subtlety there and, and how things are different. And you can, you know, shoot your arm to actually block another arm flying in mid-flight to counter it. So you don't actually need to go into a block, which is really cool and interesting and a, and a, and a fun way to do it. So I think the basic fighting of the thing is, is going to be really fun for people. I don't think for me as a gamer, it's going to keep me captivated because it is it's just like a 1v1 fighter and the other modes they've added to the game don't do enough to keep it fresh and interesting for me. Um, I also have problems with the controls. I think playing it with the motion controls, you will never be competitive because it's just not as fast to throw your arm. The twitch you need to do to throw your actual fist to get a punch to come out just isn't the same as hitting a button. Uh, And same with like leaning them like it, I think if you have friends over and you want to play with double motion controls, you can have some some silly, you know, gif capturing fun of people wiggling their arms all over the place. But I don't think that that's how the game shines competitively. I think block being uh, pressing on the left thumbstick is 
um, hinders the gameplay some where that's also your move. I think anytime you're clicking on that button for something that is essential, but also is then determining whether or not your character moves around the space is problematic. Um, and then I think the other modes of the gameplay that they had in this test fire, kind of like take the hill or the beach volleyball. Um, it's just like, oh, woof. No, like just I, I get you're trying to flesh this game out some, but like it just felt not what this game was built to do. So I'm not super encouraged by what the single player is going to be if it's kind of progressing through that. And then for me, the biggest, biggest problem I had the first time I sat down to play it because it was only these hours uh, play times is I, my pro controller, the battery died. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll just slide these Joy-Cons off and start playing with these. And even after sending them into Nintendo. Yeah, you just got man, that fixed. They suck. <laughs> they suck. So I was capturing footage. I have me on video of it. Like I'm not doing anything. And my guy's just twitching around all over the map, like punching. I'm not holding any buttons. He's like running away, turning left, punching. It's not a sync issue. Or like, you know, it's, I'm not, I didn't like, remember before where you're holding the thumb pad and you turned on a controller, it would turn you all around or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I, so from a tech standpoint of like, the, I, be, I was so frustrated with that. It was like, that was my first hour to play. The, so then I got into another one and had my pro controller was charged and it worked, but Man, I hate I hate the Joy-Cons not connected to the system. So that soured my first impression. I think people will be happy with the game. For me personally, it will not have any longevity. Jeff, I still stand by my thing that you will not play more than 30 minutes of it, but you will talk about uh, how great it is, and you will just be more artful in your describing how beautiful the characters are and not talking about the gameplay <laughs> feeling lacking. You didn't well, talk know. about the most important part, though. The vibration. <laughs> how... <laughs> Does it vibration. Yeah, does, does it actually feel like a spring is coming out of your hand? Well, uh, it felt like anger was coming out of my head when my Joy-Cons <laughs> didn't work. Sure. Uh, the Pro Controller, I found that the Pro HD Rumble, the Pro Controller, isn't as pronounced as it is in the Joy-Cons. Um, mm-hmm. So, I no, I, it did not feel like that. It did feel like there were three cubes of ice in my hands, though, at all times. I think you've been positioning this as my favorite game, and I'm somehow going to love this game. I, all I said was that I, it was much more interesting than I gave it credit for when it was first announced. And I'm very interested to try out the test punch next test punch. Hopefully I won't be traveling during the next test punch, but if I do, i got to get me a better cord. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's not more interesting than when it was first. It's it's that game. It's that game. It's right. that game. Yeah, well, it's works. fine. No, nothing's convinced me so far that it's going to be worth uh, all of its cost, right. but it does it because it certainly looks like something that I'll want to spam. <laughs> I'll just start swinging like crazy. Well, I can yeah. tell you what what I have de- determined to be my new favorite game is a game called Dead Cells. Go on, I, yeah. What is uh, this? I'm in love with this game. Uh, it's Christian. You remember how head over heels I went for Rogue legacy right mm, i don't remember you talking about it at all I, I feel like if you loved it you probably would have brought a laptop with you on an overseas flight just to have played it yeah that's that's what i did for rogue legacy when i <laughs> when i flew to australia i i uh or no it wasn't australia it was europe whatever it doesn't matter uh i played that game so much i loved it it was my game of the year the year it came out uh it it, it is wonderful still wonderful you should still play it if you haven't tried it rogue legacy but I haven't really found that itch again. Uh, I know there are a ton of roguelike games. There are a ton of roguelike platformers, which is what Rogue Legacy was. And I know a lot of people love Spelunky and Super Meat Boy and a lot of other you know games that are similarly skill-based. 
nothing captured me like Rogue Legacy until now. And the game that did it is Dead Cells. This is a PC-only game right now. It really needs to come to Switch because if I can figure out a way to charge my Switch again, I want to play this game on the go. <laughs> um, it is still in in um, in uh, green light in in alpha early access. Early access. That's what I'm looking for. Um, it's still in early access, but it's definitely worth playing now. It's super solid. It's going to continue to evolve. More content will be added. It is a Roguevania, right? It's a kind of Castlevania, uh, Metroid-esque 2D side-scrolling, you know, go to an area, find new ways to get to that area, go back and forth across the map. But you have one life every run, and much like Rogue Legacy, when you die, the the level is recreated procedurally, so it's different every time you attack it. And the thing oh, so your shortcuts are gone. It's not you know, it's not like a, a Bloodborne or a Souls game where you know kind of how to correct shortcut the level. Yeah, it's it's completely cool. redone every time you die. But like Rogue Legacy, death is potentially a really cool thing. The thing that I loved about Rogue Legacy was every time you die, you got you you played your descendant who had some weird new quirk that changed up the way you play. It's not quite that level of fun when you die. You definitely can have very frustrating deaths because in Dead Cells, you are this undead dude who is a collection of cells that don't want to die. And you are killing enemies in the game and collecting their souls, which you then can pay and upgrade cool new things, new weapons, new abilities for weapons, uh, upgrading the weapon itself to have more damage or whatever. But you have to you you have to do that by getting to the guy who sells you those things. So you can totally die having collected a bunch of of uh, souls, and you lose them all when you die. So there are some frustrating deaths with that dead cells, but it totally captures that kind of improvisational quality that Rogue Legacy had, where. I'm do I'm I'm leveling up my skills, my own human skills as how to deal with all the enemies in the game. I'm do I'm getting better as I play it, but also I don't know exactly what weapon I'm going to have this time. I don't know exactly how my character is going to behave this time, but finding a new weapon always feels cool, always feels OP and it gives me like cool new options on the fly. And you can find um, blueprints for new weapons that you can invest souls into to build those to have them possible for future runs. But you're like finding chests that have cool weapons in them. And all of the weapons are really fun. The platforming and combat of this game is as tight as anything you will ever play. It is so satisfying. You definitely always feel like when you die, it's your fault. When you you could have done that better. Oh my god, I know it. The game is responsive. The game is fluid. I have all the tools I need. It is just my skill that needs to improve. And are you playing with a controller or a keyboard? I was playing with controller for sure. Yeah. On and PC. then second question is it like when you talk about like your skill level is the type of thing and maybe people have done this already can you beat it your first playthrough or does it require that grind to unlock the weapon or whatever you oh, need i mean to if then you're progress? if you're extraordinary you can certainly beat it your first playthrough for sure and and there's like a ticking clock too it's 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 got some really fun mechanics of like how fast you can get through the level too and there are doors that you can get to in the level where you get to them and it's like this door locked two minutes ago 
Oh. Like, oh, if I had gotten here, <laughs> if I'd done this faster, I would have something cool was behind this door. That's um, cool. Yeah, and I can't overstate how good it feels. Like it just is so tight and precise, and the weapons that you get are really really cool. And then you like as you as you beat bosses and and get farther in the game, you know, as you as you grind toward getting farther in the game. You unlock some new traversal elements that make the game really fun, and 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 it it does that cool like tease where you'll find something and you walk up to it and it's like push right bumper to tickle this thing. It's like why do I tickle this thing? Well, it's because you don't have the cool thing that activates it yet. All you can do is tickle it. But then when you get the cool thing, it's like oh that thing was there the whole time because I didn't have this thing yet, and now when I do that, it does something awesome. Mm. It is. It looks cool. It's got that. Um, Sort of sword and sorcery, you know, the very um, uh, Capybara Games style of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of, of pixel art. Um, but the animations are great. I, I am so high on this game. It is really fun. It's really addictive. It's got that thing that I always look for where I think about the game when I'm not playing it. I want to just do one more. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning and I could just do one more run because I just got something really cool. Dead cells. Get okay. on it. If you like these games, it's phenomenal. I have one question. Yeah. Uh, does it suffer the when, in my opinion, basically the only problem with Rogue Legacy, where so it's procedurally generated, but do you recognize all the rooms after you've played through it? You, you know, you've you've played through quite a few of lives that you're like, okay, now while everything is different it is ultimately the same rooms shuffled into a different order and i recognize every room at this point well does it still uh, have that issue or is uh, this is this a little bit more expanded upon w matthew in the chat is telling me that's exactly the case that it is handmade rooms randomly connected not fully procedural so um i i haven't gotten to that point yet where i feel it's redundant i definitely feel like oh i I recognize this bit i i'm getting better at getting past this part um, but okay. I feel like the enemies themselves aren't always in the same places and all, don't do the kinds of things the same way. And the enemies are really interesting. Like there's different patterns with them and um, it, very challenging but fair. Like it, it's it's really good. It's really, really good. Excellent. All right, Jeff. I see out. you out walking. I throw a bag over your head. I pull you into my van. I drive away. I whip the bag off. You're sitting in a dark room in front of a PC with only two games loaded on it. Heroes of the Storm or Dead Cells. Which do you open? Which do you play? I mean, Heroes of the Storm, but I really like Dead Cells. (laughs) (laughs) That's not fair. That's like saying, um, you know. I don't know. I feel like there was a time you would have said Rogue Legacy. Had you not beat Rogue Legacy, I feel like you might have said that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in love with Dead Cells. I really, really dig the game a lot. Uh, I was trying to set up a, a interview with the developer for this episode, and it just didn't work there in France, so uh, it was a little tricky. But um, I'm high on this game. It's still in early access, as I said. But so you know, if people are not wanting to buy games that aren't done yet, you can maybe hold off on this. Supposedly, the guy's working on trying to bring it to consoles. I really hope it comes out on Switch. It's just not fair to compare it to Here's the Storm because it's like you know, I don't know, you know, it's like saying, "Hey, I got this really cool new pair of shoes, but..." What about those old comfy ones? Which one do you want to run a, a mile in? Well, I'm going to use the old comfy ones because they're broken in see, and I'd, awesome. I'd use the new ones because I'd be afraid of getting shin splints on the other ones have been worn out, you know? No, but the new ones, you'll you'll get weird blisters because they're not broken in yet. <laughs> <laughs> Guys are fools. I'm not going to run. I'm just going to run in place in VR and call it running. 
that sounds like the perfect segue to our VR segment. Hot damn, I'm good at this. Oh, I cursed. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> VR, it sounds like Burnside, you are in on Dude, VR. I am so in. I've been in for the past couple of years. I knew I liked I you. Started, started dabbling with it. I, I finally, just this year, built a, a, a new PC tower that could handle a, a Vive, and, I, and I've had it for a few weeks now, installed up in my walls and everything, and uh, I can't stop. I, honestly, as soon as I'm done with this, I, I will put it on and uh, and get to some soundboxing myself. Yeah, I mean, his, his security deposit is gone. His landlord hates him. Uh, his <laughs> yeah. girlfriend has broken up with him. But he is way into VR, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't after the first time I put it on her and I did a Planks experience. And I was just like, oh, walk out onto this thing and then summon a spider. And then uh, and then lightly pushed on her back so she would step off of the plank and fall <laughs> to her death. Like the real wooden plank in the room thing? I, no, we didn't. I didn't do that yet. Is it, I, I, what exactly is that? Well, it's like you—you you literally just put a piece of wood on put the like floor, like a two by four, yeah. And oh, you, so oh. You, so your foot feels the oh. fact that it's only on a plank, yeah. Oh, I should do that. I probably have. I probably have something that can act as a, as a plank. Oh, that's that's fun. <laughs> what you do too is, um, I mean, this is stupid but fun. It works better with little kids. But uh, <laughs> you have them stand on the on the piece of wood, right? And then you say, just put your your hand on my shoulder and then you like slowly kneel down and you tell them that you're lifting them into the air and then they freak out <laughs> anyway <laughs> soundboxing tell me about sound i'm i'm in love with the uh, audio shield but i hear soundboxing rivals it for workout slash yeah. intensity i like it a little bit more um though i should probably spend some more time with audio shield um well for one i my my buddy got me into it. Uh, my buddy Job, he he does PR stuff uh, over at Telltale, and he's been popping up all over the place on like Upload VR and all these different sites about exercising with this thing. So I, I hit him up, and I'm like, Job, what what about this is so great? And he's like, Well, one, it's eight dollars. <laughs> so the game is is starts off super cheap to so just try it out for the fun of it. It's pulling everything from YouTube, uh, and, and it's all user generated challenges and challenges are what they're calling like your the the nodes that you're punching at um but then the big thing is uh he turned me on to like wearing weighted gloves and like a weighted oh, vest while what? i'm doing it yeah so like i i so Where far i those just, things <laughs> amazon man <laughs> All right. um i got the the weighted gloves i got uh are very particular here i got them right here i got the p90x ones nice. because they're they're that awesome like biker style where it's like finger cutouts for for everything instead of the boxing style because it that's a little bit harder to hold the controller mm. um they're a little bit more firm uh, and so that little added, it's only one pound weights on mm. my hands. And that little bit of added weight is adding so much <laughs> to it. It's, it's torture. If I play more than 15 minutes, like it really wears me out bad. Um, I, and I love it. So I, I just, I do a few songs every day and, uh, it's a noticeable difference, which awesome. is insane. And, and yeah, it, it's a really cool way, though. I definitely want to look into getting uh, some new uh, face pads because, oh, yeah, boy, do I sweat. S- sweat those up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they sell them, though, and they're pretty cheap. You can buy a bunch mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to do. I might even get some of those disposable things 
uh, to put on there too from from time to time, just because I am really I'm doing it so much. I don't feel like washing these things every. Oh yeah, the little days. ninja mask thing. The yeah, little, yeah. You ready for me to blow your mind, Burnside? What's up? I got an extension cord for my Vive, and I bring it all the way over to my CrossFit gym, and so I'm there. With... <laughs> okay. No, he doesn't. He's being dumb. <laughs> oh, it's funny to me. What, what, people exercising in VR? Well, so it's me, really. I only have no weight on the bar, but in VR, it looks like I'm throwing up 450 pounds, and uh, what a difference it makes. That's That's important. Your ego is an important thing. Yeah, Christian's unable to actually exercise unless other people are there cheering him on. (laughs) That's mostly true. It's mostly true. Hey, by the way, if you're one of our geeks and sneaks during this episode, I'm here to cheer you on instead of being snarky like Jeff making fun of you for living in Montana. I'm proud of you. I think you're doing great. (laughs) Is there there Twitch working out uh, streams yet? Probably. (laughs) Wait, delete that, Jeff. Delete (laughs) Delete that. Uh, what else are you playing on your Vive? Oh, man. Uh, uh, well, it, it seems to be the hot thing on Twitter. I'm seeing everybody talking about it. Super hot VR is – that's next level for me. Oh, like, yeah. I'm, it just I came out so for, obsessed with it. It just came out for Vive. It's been on Oculus for a little while, but just came out for Vive. So that's kind of why you're seeing a lot of the people talking about it uh, again. But yeah, you love it. I, I'm I'm absolutely loving it. I think it's phenomenal. I mean, I, I was already a big fan of that game. I think what it does is – really smart it's a really clever puzzle game and uh and that that weird little narrative that they run through it of when you complete a few levels coming back into that weird room and things are changing and then like stuff is popping out of computer screens and everything like the fact that they managed to put an an, a, a strange and interesting narrative over it is awesome but but the feeling of like of being in that game is is wonderful and i've kind of been caught at this one spot where i have to defeat a lot of enemies and so i'm doing a lot more dodging than i was before and you got to be so careful about dodging (laughs) that if you dodge too quickly you might (laughs) you might get yourself into even more trouble and uh but the 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 fact that like i when i know that i'm gonna die i'm like there's no way i can get out of this as soon as i move another inch things are gonna be bad the fact that i can like take the weapon that's in my hand and like (laughs) <laughs> in virtual reality throw it and slam it on the ground and then it will shatter into a million pieces and i'm not actually doing that with a real controller is <laughs> so incredibly satisfying <laughs> it's like i've needed that my whole life that's right that's awesome i need to refine some of the links but there are um what i always refer to as stunting videos and it's not quite as cool because you're watching it in 2d but what is mind altering i think about super hot in vr and what i got hooked on after running through the game regularly was this idea of trying to to do tricks where you're throwing your weapon from the previous stage over to you because they all connect right but you teleport mm-hmm. to one to the other so after you finish an event before the other thing loads up you can throw your sword or you know whatever you got like your uzi over to you and then as the next thing loads you'll see people when they have like camera on camera on self or whatever like they look up and no look grab the uzi down and just like mow everyone down it's awesome like people are throwing guns up over their heads and then like they'll catch it behind their back and turn around and mow people down it's awesome i've tried to do that and i've never been successful not even close (laughs) yeah that's what makes some of the most impressive ones that much more impressive because like if you miss by just the littlest bit like the weapon won't get to you but it's ooh, it's smooth when it's done right 
I will say there 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 is some uh, mechanical issues where uh, I haven't experimented to see if there's something that I could do of like if I stand somewhere else and boot the game if it makes a difference. But there are some times where like my my act my area that I can move around in is is pretty decently large, and there's a lot of times where like uh, the the weapons that are being dropped by the people that I'm shooting are not making their way to me all the way that they're mm-hmm. uh, they're a little out of reach, and mm-hmm. I can't. I, I can't cheat my way out of, of one of my boundaries or I am definitely going to go fist first into a 55 inch television. <laughs> <laughs> so like, there's little things like that, that, that could use some working, uh, working out. Um, and, and just like a, a there's no pause menu. Hmm. Uh, I wish there was a pause because sometimes I want to take a drink of water. <laughs> uh... Don't move. You can't move. You have to like, uh, oil can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but I mean, those things to the side if if it was like if it was like an 8-hour long <laughs> experience or something then I'd be like, "Oh, I can't pause." But the fact that it's like, "Oh, I just got to go back 2 minutes." Big deal. Um, yeah. Like, so it's not it's really a, the the tiniest of complaints. I love it. I I've had so much fun with it. That first time a bullet is like an inch away from your face and you can move and it just goes past you. That yeah. feels incredible. <laughs> it really does. And it's amazing that the game was not designed for VR cuz it feels like the perfect VR game. It it absolutely does. Yeah. Uh what's Light Strike? I'm not familiar with that one. Light Strike is another one that Job got me into. Um it's very early access right now. Um I don't I don't know if they've updated it at all in the last two weeks um but it's basically uh tron discs it's oh. you, it's stationary stand in a position you've got um two shields but when you squeeze your triggers they turn into discs and then you can throw them and it's just trying to hit the other person it's all online all pvp but you couldn't challenge a friend so like i my friend and i had to get on at the same time and be like okay hopefully we match up <laughs> and we did we did like five or six times in a row and then we started matching with some other people. And I think that's just because there's not a lot of people playing it right now. But it's only like four bucks or something like that. And Yeah, uh, it is four bucks. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun time. Uh, I really, I've, I've enjoyed that. And I imagine that they are going to be extrapolating on it quite a bit. I think the, um, I think the developers of um, EVE Online were doing a version of this kind of game, this, this, uh, yeah, I know that there's there's definitely other people who yeah. uh, I mean I I think as soon as VR was like oh this is going to be a thing I, <laughs> right. I think a lot of people are like Tron finally Tron <laughs> Tron let's yeah. go <laughs> somebody's got to do light cycles yeah well, Christian have you played any more Farpoint I have but I haven't played any with the name controller well we tried to make that happen I tried I just went I out of town too quickly yeah um, but we will make that happen have you gotten any farther though. A little bit, not much. Um, I got sucked into, um, you know, this week's. Well, for really, it was just Overwatch. I was going to say it was this week's new games, but it was just <laughs> Overwatch that sucked me in. Um, not much farther. I still enjoy it. I plan on finishing it. I, just, I know it's not super long. Have you finished it? I have not finished it. I was, I was out of town, but I will be finishing it this week. Um, I just want to know if have you have you gotten past the first boss? Like yes, big giant giant boss. Yes. Okay, that was a cool fight. I thought. It is. It's, it, yeah, it's awesome. Like, again, I stand by my opinions for whatever it was last week's episode. Like, it's an incredible experience. And I think if you read online about things describing its systems and whatever, it seems it's dismissive. But it's hard to describe playing that game on a flat 
on a regular just TV, it wouldn't be the same. But playing it on VR and the concessions they've made to bring it to you in VR, it's it's not the best game of the year, but it's one of the most fun times I've had playing a game this year. It's yeah. it's really incredible. So I I unfortunately got rid of my PSVR. It wasn't working well in my I don't know if it was my room or what, but I had a weird issue where like if I set the headset down and just let it sit there for five minutes, the screen position would actually start to rotate and drift. Hmm. So what should be like center in front of me would end up being feeling like it's like five, six feet diagonally and up to the left or something. Um, Yeah. So I, I ended up getting rid of it. And so I'm really intrigued by Farpoint, but I wasn't that impressed by watching people play it at E3 last year because I Mm. thought it looked incredibly flat. Uh, Has that changed? Does it it seem visually better in in the work that they've done? Yeah, I think it looks really nice. And um, the thing also is they they did a really cool thing where they only showed – very early levels of that game and it gets very different from what you saw uh it oh, gets okay. much more complex the enemies get more complex and i i don't know i christian's right in the sense that it is a kind of a basic shooter when compared to other intense first person shooters that we all know and play in 2d but playing it in vr is a just a wholly different kind of experience and the fact that you're doing first person shooter maneuvers you're strafing you're running you're you're approaching it in the same way that you approach those games it's it really feels awesome and you know i i i think the game is a huge victory for the medium so uh i mean i'm, I'm pretty ignorant i haven't even watched anybody playing it since release or anything like um how do you how do you traverse like do you have like full walking motion or is it you the do. teleporting kind of stuff? Oh, no, excellent. no teleporting at all. You 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 fully move through the environment as you would a normal first person shooter. I'm playing it with the aim controller, so it's got little sticks, and you move like you would with a you know with a stick on a controller. You move forward, you move left, you move right, you move back. It, it's it's and nice. it works, and it doesn't make me nauseated. It's amazing. That's great. Yeah. All right, let's move on now. Uh, we got some uh, quick questions to get to, so let's do that now. All of our quick question submitters this week get a copy of Franchise Hockey Manager 3 on Steam, which is the game that we gave away last week as well. Thanks to um, thanks to Rich Grisham for that. We really appreciate it. Uh, so we got four more of these awesome questions. This one comes from Dane Fisher. He says, quick question. With the recent release of the PS Aim controller, I was wondering what's the best and worst peripheral ever released for a console? What do you think, Matthew? Hmm, best. Well, I'm going to say in terms of quality, while it was not something that I particularly uh, was a big user of, I had a lot of friends who were really into DDR. Mm. And and the ones that were like really into, I mean, like they would do tournaments and all kinds of stuff. Um, they would they got these like $300 pads that were like made and tested by like driving over them with trucks and stuff. And like <laughs> those have been without a doubt the best built piece of gaming equipment I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and so while not something that I t- particularly care to use because I wasn't a huge DDR fan, uh, I'd say that's probably the best just because it is so impressively made. Hmm. That's <laughs> uh, great. Worst wise, I don't know. That's a uh, that's difficult. Um, 
I mean, you've, you've got your, the power glove. <laughs> the power glove can kind of be both, right? Yeah, it could be the best it's, yeah. And the worst. <laughs> Virtual Boy. I mean, that's not that's yeah. not really a peripheral, though. <laughs> um, yeah, that's tough because there's just so many bad peripherals. Right. <laughs> yeah, all of them except for the good ones. Christian, do, you yeah. have a, do you have an answer for this? Um, the the best peripheral. Um, I I think for uh, it's, it's tough because they've all been soured. But I I think it is the it's the plastic guitar. It's rock band and guitar hero. Like the hours of fun that I had yeah. with those and the drums. Um, unless I can count a VR headset as a peripheral. Uh, I don't think that I don't know if that counts. Um, and I'm kind of mashing all of them into one. Um. But I, I, I'll go with the plastic guitar. The the worst is a toss up for me between the activator for the Sega Genesis. You remember that? It was Ooh. like oh. a hectagon or something that you put you you like laid out like a model train track around you, and it was like kick is is pressing yeah. A. Oh my and gosh, I forgot about that. <laughs> it <laughs> was awful. Um, the one that might get me in hot water is the Connect, and oh. I I think that's the worst because of how it kind of ruined the xbox one like xbox one they made a lot of bad decisions but i think the connect and and them kind of going whole hog on it and it never being fully realized um or doing anything bringing anything good to games is i see i i i think that is a thing where i think the connect particularly on the xbox one is one of the best things that have ever come out but i'll sell you mine it's I don't need it. I have mine and I use it. <laughs> but the, the problem is, is is how terribly used it was. It wasn't implemented well. It's an impressive machine. I agree. And I mean, look how far they beat Alexa and everything like that to, to market. And it never got used for anything like that. That thing really could still be the center of my living room. I agree. Uh, but, they, but they abandoned it. And it's because... It's because of snarky people like Christian Spicer who no. like turned it into a joke and Microsoft's no. like, well, we better distance ourselves from that thing. The voice tech is great. The camera, they didn't use it for anything. It, it, it's failed oh, tech. Yeah. No, I agree. But I think I think they didn't use it for anything because people started making fun of it and they're like, well, we want to be cool. and we Right. Don't, That's why. That's why the thing they spent hundreds of millions of dollars on and R&D on is because people on podcasts were like, connect more yeah. like canoped. And they were yeah. like, never mind. Yeah. That's exactly right. Because well, yeah, I, I no, I think Microsoft has issues of listening to uh, internet opinions when they shouldn't. I agree. Uh, I mean, there's always times any, anyone running a business needs to both listen to and disregard critiques. And I think the Connect is a huge one that they you, that they they missed the mark on because of that. Because Xbox Fitness could have been incredible. Yes. Well, and then that, it. it it stayed right where it was from day one, and then it faded away. And it was half a product. It was like, yes. here's the first day of this fitness program. It's like, well, okay, well, now what do I do? Um, well, let me let me say this then. Microsoft, if you're listening. They are definitely listening. <laughs> send me a Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll crap all over it like I did. Hey, I think the, the, original, the original vision for what the Xbox One was going to be could have been super cool, but everybody – bitched and moaned about it and so microsoft was like oh i'm sorry i'm sorry we'll not do any of that and that i think okay you can email us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com and you can say if you agree with me that connect is a piece of crap and never used for anything and really didn't have that many great potential uses at least nothing was shown and you also respect all 50 states of the united states or <laughs> inside with the Mo- montana hating jeff canada who reads emails <laughs> from listeners and then craps on them uh-huh. uh or matthew burnside who is no longer on the show up oh, we just lost our connection to him 
And uh, <laughs> all right, let me answer this quick question. This has turned into a not quick at all question, but the question was quick. The answer was lengthy. I really, I really was. <laughs> I was actually going to say the rock band guitar too, is because that honestly, I've never felt more awesome holding a controller than I did. Yeah, I mean, it just gave you the exact feeling that you wanted in that in that situation. Which, yeah, that way, that first time playing Guitar Hero is pretty pretty awesome <laughs> which and by the way burnside if you get a chance to play rock band vr you will have your mind below i would certainly like to but I, that's not going to be in any way compatible with the vive right uh not as of yet i doubt yeah. it i think i think oculus paid for that to be made. i think they did too and that's gonna that's gonna be one of the few things where yeah you need that controller and it's not going to be able to be like spoofed onto the vive right uh, but anyway, um, I will say I think one of the coolest peripherals ever is the Steel Battalion controller. Uh, it oh, did not, yeah. it did not reach its potential, but my goodness, how cool was that thing? Just mm-hmm. awesome. And then the worst, uh, the worst peripheral ever, uh, in, for my money is the Tony Hawk the Ride skateboard. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Oof. Though there's nothing funnier than watching that that level playthrough that somebody had posted on YouTube where their dog just stood on the board and they <laughs> yeah. just like kept looking around the room like why is everybody so happy <laughs> and he he just aced the level by standing there. Oh. The only thing yeah. worse than the Tony Hawk ride skateboard is Tony Hawk Five. Ooh, shots mm. fired, Christian Spicer. Shots fired. Uh, people bringing up the Super Scope, which was super cool too. Yeah, definitely um, loved that at the time. All right. Uh, so, quick question: uh, If you have the chance to choose one video game character and make it come to life and be your best friend, who would you choose? This is from Gonzalo from Argentina. He says Kratos would be fun at parties. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you, got a, you got a character you want to be buddies with? Hmm. I don't know. I got to think about this one. Somebody else go. Elena Fisher, Uncharted. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she seems down to earth. She seems cool. Uh, I mean, I know she's. she's gonna... I know she's taken, yeah. but uh, but no, I, I think she has. She's quick witted. She's charming. She wants to survive better than Nate seems to want to survive. She handles herself on her own. You split up, and whenever you get back together, she's always fine. Nate's right. always like, ugh, ugh, and she's like, "Hi, I'm here at the top of this mountain too." That's a woman I want. To be with. <laughs> Is it cheating if I say the Batman? I mean, he's a video game character, right? I want to. I want to hang out with the Batman. No, yeah, I, I mean, don't know. True, it's kind of cheating, I guess. His friends don't do very well usually. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, are you okay with being kidnapped? <laughs> I'll be like, dude, let me. I'll just hang out at the mansion while you're hang- while you're all- gone. I'll just I'm gonna go down to the back cave and play with stuff. And oh, look, there's just a giant penny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe having a big daddy would be pretty cool. Probably. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, I know don't tick it off, man. Yeah, well, no, it's like, it's linked with me, so (laughs) it's protecting me. Though at the same time, Laura Croft would also be a cool one, but not for perverty reasons, just because I feel like she'd be a good friend. (laughs) Yeah, she'd be loyal. She's someone that came back for her friends, and the new one, she does well by her friends. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. All right, quick question. This one comes from Sexual Tension in the the subreddit. Uh, Sexual Tension asks, what games do scale well? Do you have an answer for this one, Matthew? Uh, personally, I mean, I love the Bioshock franchise big mm-hmm. time. Um, uh, I know how Christian feels about Infinite, uh, but I uh, I love it from beginning to end. I, I love every moment of that game, and the scale of all of that is spectacular. Uh, and as well as Bioshock One, um, 
yeah, I, I love I love all of those. Um, but then at the same time, it's hard not to want to mention just about everything in VR because scale is constant. Yes. Amazing in VR. <laughs> so true. Scale in VR is like yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it, man, it really bums me out that, like, I know I don't have it anymore, but the fact that Rigs is basically already done mm. uh, on PSVR because that first time the, like, did you guys, did you guys play Rigs? I did. Yeah. That first time they, they raise you up and you're in the, you're in the, uh, uh, I don't know what they do. They call it a court. Do they call it a battlefield. I don't right. know, <laughs> but you're, you're in that arena. Um, like, oh man, that just like looking down and being like, Oh, okay. I am that big and looking up and, and jumping around is, is that's amazing. So everything VR. <laughs> right. VR is such the perfect answer for this. Uh, Christian, do you have a scale game? God of War three. If I had to pick a God of War when it zooms out and you know all the times they do that moment where you're you're on an, a monster that's the mountain that's moving and you're fighting a hundred guys, I, I always love that kind of stuff. I knew you were going to say God of War, but I can trump your your God of War, Azura's Wrath. Mm, you have to yeah. fight the finger of a god uh, because it's so huge that you literally can only attack its finger. So good. If you guys haven't played Azura's Wrath, it's a totally underrated game. Really wild and fun. Uh, insane, insane stuff. All right, quick question. This comes from Brian from Wisconsin. This is the last one. He says, with E3 quickly approaching, what is the one announcement that Sony, Microsoft, or Nintendo could make that would undoubtedly win the conference for them? And you have to do it as if you are announcing it. (laughs) Yeah, you go first. I'll go first. And next up, Half-Life 3. <laughs> and that's, now, not, that's not Sony, Microsoft, or Nintendo. Exclusive to the Switch. <laughs> oh my gosh! Could you imagine the fires that people would set? <laughs> uh, I mean, that was that was a cheap one. Um, you got you got one, Christian. Uh, yes. Uh, and now announcing we the last. Oh, one more thing. Xbox Scorpio comes out this August for three ninety nine. Oh, you think three ninety nine would make them win? I think like a under five, like yes. three fifty two ninety, like two ninety nine would be. I'm not making two ninety nine would be crazy town. Yeah, right. I think that'd be. I think that'd be pretty huge because they've touted it and like they've set up it beforehand. But that's like the big. The big thing that they, yeah. I think realistically could do the pretend answering this question. Look under your seat. You're all millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, it would be uh, uh, all of you PS4 Pro owners out there. Uh, put your wallets away because the entire time it's actually had a UHD disc reader, and we were just teasing <laughs> you. So now you don't need to go out and buy a Scorpio like like Burnside is going to do on day one, but just because he wants to be able to to watch. Uh, Logan Noir on 4K HDR right off of a disc. <laughs> That's yeah, that would be nice. I think. Yeah, because nice. we're we've locked in. We're we're ready to buy a Scorpio just for that. Just for the yeah. HD Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah, because I figure um, it's going to be maybe a hundred dollars more than a, a, an HD Blu-ray player is now, yeah. and uh, or a 4K blu-ray players now and and it's to me it's absolutely ridiculous that they didn't put that on the playstation 4 because when the ps3 came out i was working in retail at that time and i can tell you i probably a good 
30 to 40% of the PS3s I sold were solely based on the fact that it was the best Blu-ray Blu-ray player on the market and competitively priced with them. Yeah. No, I agree. I didn't, it seems baffling that they wouldn't do that. They have yeah. such a vested interest in it. Like, I know it. streaming is the best. <laughs> but they're also – they're a movie like, studio. Like, they yeah. want to sell movies. It doesn't make any You'd sense. think. Yeah, yeah. Weird move on their part. All right. So that, ladies and gentlemen, has been Quick Question. Moving on now, we got uh, the end of the show. This is the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we do have a parting gift coming up, so stick around for that. But Matthew Burnside, thank you so much for being here, sir. Oh, shucks, fellas. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, where can people keep up with you and your exploits on the old interwebs? Well, you can always find me complaining about politics and the occasional joke on Twitter, at uh, Matthew Burnside. That's also my handle on Instagram. I basically only post stuff from uh, either a concert or uh, weird, goofy pictures. Uh, so don't expect much uh, slice of my uh, real life on there. <laughs> but, but then you can also hear me every week on This Is Rad, uh, a podcast with uh, co-host uh, Kyle Clark, with some people may recognize his voice as the guy laughing in the background of a lot of Nerdist podcasts. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we've had Christian on. Jeff, you need to come on at some point. It's I'm we ready. Just, uh, we talk about whatever our guest wants to talk about that they think is awesome and that they want other people to partake in. Because our whole thing is the internet and the world is so negative anymore. People love to trash things. We would rather celebrate stuff, especially things that we don't really know a lot about and we aren't super familiar with because we're looking for new things to try constantly. Love it. And and. Everybody, there's so many things people need. People need their help. Uh, you know, where do I jump in on on this or that? And, uh, and that's what we're trying to do. And we've been doing it for quite a long time now, and it seems to be doing well. Sounds <laughs> a great show. People should check it out. It's awesome. Oh, this is rad. Christian, how about you? What do you got going on this week? Oh, you can go to if you if you have a kid or a kid curious. Um, that came out wrong. <laughs> wrong oh man i host a parenting <laughs> podcast called department of parenting we have video episodes if you want to have a uh, video going while you're cooking or hanging out or whatever see chris quintos and i's lovely faces you can find the video episodes on our facebook which is facebook.com department of parenting the rss and everything else is at department of parenting.com and if you want more geeky stuff from me i do an uh, additional podcast that is patreon only at patreon.com slash christian spicer called at least 20 more minutes and you can find all the episodes there jeff what about you i have a daily video game show for you to check out every single day i got you covered on the newest latest and best of what's happening coincidentally it's called newest latest best and you can find it at anchor.fm slash nlb that's a-n-c-h-o-r.fm slash nlb also if you want to hear me talk about movies and tv shows you can listen to the slash film cast we review uh, everything there Slashfilmcast.com is where you find that. And I have a comedy science show called We Have Concerns that you can find at wehaveconcerns.com. All right, guys. Let's uh, wrap up the show now with our parting gift. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift. Burnside, you have a recommendation to help people get through their week. Yeah, and not just this week, but for uh, probably a couple weeks. Uh, I'm a big basketball fan, and it's NBA Finals time. They kick off on Thursday. I can't wait. Uh, Go Dubs! 
Yeah, yeah. right. I'm from outside Cleveland, baby. It's all about Kyrie. The earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> so disappointed by that. Yeah. Uh, but now, like, uh, I know it's a gaming podcast, and there's lots of people who are like, I don't really care about sports. Uh, I don't need that. But to that, I say, I think NBA in particular is the closest thing to real life sports as you will get to uh, like an eSport. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's a lot of character and personality in and around the game that is that that's really fun once you start watching often. Uh, and it's and it's hard to deny that it's just entertaining. I think any sport personally is entertaining when you get to see legitimately two of the best teams play each other. And, and this is the first time in NBA final history where it's the same matchup three years in a row. Um, what a st- what a story this year! I mean, there's so many yeah. threads to the story. The way that mm-hmm. uh, Warriors got beat last year, and then getting Kevin Durant, and both teams just cruising to this place and being destined to meet each other again. And there's so much drama about. It's going to be so good. It's yeah, gonna so it's going to it's going to be great. And legitimately, I think the, both of these teams are two of the best NBA teams that have ever existed. Right. So uh, I, I'm I'm super pumped. I'll be watching every game. Uh, and hopefully, I won't like like uh, the first time that they faced off. I'm not going to be walking away from free <laughs> after parties with my head in shame. <laughs> hey guys, time for a friendly bet. Uh, I'm going to suggest that it is a game from your backlog or pile of shame or game that you already played that the other person does not have i know you both have plenty of those and you can find something that works that's what i will suggest you're able to make your own but i think you guys should have a friendly wager as a bay area guy and an ohio guy who both love the nba your teams are in the finals are you willing to put it on the line i will i'll I'll, I'll, yeah so i'm gonna say how we should bet (laughs) i'm gonna say warriors in six Mm. um hmm. i I'm going to say uh, Cavs in seven. Ooh, I, I like that. That'd be fun. I mean, I don't like the result, but I like the seven games. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it can go. So I don't care who if you guys get the number right, but I think you guys should hold each other to your, you know, go back to back. I don't, you can come up with something better than an old game, you know, some dupe, uh, some dumb, uh, whatever, ba- dare, or whatever you need to do. But I want to see something happen after this series. You guys need to check right. back in. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, we'll think of something. Let's talk, Jeff. It's we'll on. Humili- I'm all. I'm all. I'm good for like a good. Uh, the loser gets humiliated thing. I always. <laughs> I always enjoy those. <laughs> all right, Christian, you got a parting gift. <laughs> two two quickies that are both things you can watch. I don't think I don't know if discs are out or not. I don't I don't do discs the way Burnside does. But two movies that I think are worth owning and <laughs> get better with repeated viewing. John Wick Two and Get Out are both now available to own. Both are phenomenal films. I saw in theaters, and I encourage you to watch them if you have not watched them. They are both really well done and totally opposite ends of the the, <laughs> the movie going experience, but just incredible films. John Wick Two and Get Out. I have a, view, a viewing uh, recommendation as well. I'm sure that frequent listeners to our show have heard me rant and rave about my love for the Bloodline series on Netflix starring Kyle Chandler and others uh, and uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Amazing. Uh, if you have not watched seasons one and two, get on that because season three just debuted. I'm three episodes into season three and it is taut and crazy. This is going to be the final season, so everything's going to wrap up. I, I mean, I barely breathe watching the show because it is so intense. Seasons one and two are awesome. Required. You can't just jump into season three. It's one story. In fact, 
the first episode of season three is titled part 24 <laughs> because it's, that's just, it's just one story told in multiple parts. It's the acting is amazing. Sissy Spacek is in it. It's so good. Bloodline on Netflix. Get on that. All right. That's it for this episode of DLC. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L, Sean Madigan and zero star for contributing all those fun bumpers to the show. Thanks to Matthew Burnside and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. And thanks to all the folks in the chat room for hanging out with us in real time as well. You guys make the show better by showing up. We appreciate it. Thanks to all of you who have downloaded the show. It means a lot to us as well. Why not suggest it to a friend? Spread the word or take a second and review us on your platform of choice. That helps as well. Hope you have a happy Memorial Day. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.